Weekend, the fans back this weekend. UFC 261 goes down from Jacksonville. Pretty excited. You should be excited too. If you're not, I don't consider you a real fan. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But recently I just watched this movie called The Road Trip. I watched it when I was younger too. It's like American Pie, but they go to Europe. It's a completely different cast. And my friend hadn't watched it. I told him, bro, you should watch it. It's a really good movie because he likes Hot Rod and stuff like that. I don't really like the movie Hot Rod, but he does. I'm like, well, it's a movie like that. You should watch it. It's pretty good. But my point is, they have a song on there called Scotty Doesn't Know. And ever since I watched that movie, I have to listen to that song every day because it's so catchy. So the premise of the song is that his girlfriend breaks up with him on his graduation day. And then he goes to a party later on that night. And supposedly behind his back, she's been sleeping with the singer of the punk rock band that's playing the party that day. And the singer's Matt Damon. It's pretty cool. Anyway, episode 16, coming your way. The fans return. A big fight card this weekend. Enjoy your weekend, guys. Be safe. Also, I'm completely vaccinated already. I'm so excited. Can't wait. Gonna go see the homies. I haven't seen them since Christmas this weekend. Be safe out there, guys. Like I said before, enjoy your weekend. recorded an episode that's never gonna see the light of day because I like the way it came out be straight with you guys but moving forward from that hopefully it won't happen in the future it probably will happen in the future but hopefully it won't but we're gonna start with Kadzingano scholarship if I can get this thing it is called Kedzingana Overcoming Lost Scholarship. The summary, I got this from Bold.org, by the way. The summary goes like this. The best motivation in life is knowing what you're fighting for. That's a quote from Kedzingano. When Kat was in her early 20s and attending college, her mother was diagnosed with stage 4 brain cancer. Her declining health was very difficult for Kat's family. And when she passed in 2005, Kat had a lot to work through. Making it difficult to focus on her education, less than a year later, Kat's son was born. Raising a newborn and going to school after recently losing her mom, Kat needed help and remains truly grateful for all the support and resources that were made available to her. After school and finding much success in her early MMA career, Kat suffered another tragic loss when her husband, who helped guide her career, died in 2014. 
that was a very, very sad moment. Like, I'm not going to talk about what happened. Google it. You'll find it. It was very tragic. Because the backstory was that Kat had just upset Misha Tate. And she became... Because when they fought her and Misha, when they originally fought, it was to see who was going to coach against Ronda Rousey on The Ultimate Fighter. And I guess in her prep of training for the... Ronda Rousey fight, Cat blew out her knee. They never told Ronda. And then, I guess it led to some type of depression with her husband, who was her jiu-jitsu coach. And the tragic loss happened. It was devastating. This, I'm continuing the summary. It was devastating and, very unexpe- and a very unexpected adjustment. He was a husband, employee, father, and coach. See? He was her jiu-jitsu coach. Nothing has been the same for Kat and her son since that loss. They continue to feel the struggle and familial change still forces them to make accommodations every day. Just as Kat did after losing her mom, her and her son have no choice but to adapt and move forward. These tragedies have caused Kat to focus on what matters most in her life, raising her son. Whether in an MMA bout or facil or fate, I was gonna say facilitating, facing daily challenges, she fights through to show him that one can't let hardship conquer their life, and a new normal can be obtained after tragedy. Kat is an inspiration to many for the fight she displays in all aspects of her life. The Kazingana Overcoming Loss Scholarship will be awarded to a student who is fighting through her own loss and. Cl- of a close family member, legal guardian, or loved one, and she and is in and I was gonna say and she is and is in need of financial support for their education as they move forward. And then it says selection criteria: essay strength, essay strength, ambition, intent. Now the way they worded this question is weird, but I'll read it. How has loss of a close family member or loved one caused you to focus on what matters most in your life and what you want to fight to achieve? When I say weird, is it what you want to fight to achieve? I believe they should have said what you want to achieve would have been fine, but they put what you want to fight to achieve. It's a 200 to 800 word essay. That's the question. You go to bold.org. You can read the summary that I just read. The application deadline is October 5th. So you go to bold.org and you go view scholarships and you look for it. This scholarship is worth $10,020. So if you got student debt, hey, school was very important when I was going to school. I got my degree. Luckily, I got good enough grades that I didn't collect any debt. I was very fortunate. Not a lot of people are as fortunate as I was. And they got to do what they got to do to get through school. So I know this site, it helps people pay off debt. So if you're in debt, you might want to look to bold.org. Again, B-O-L-D dot org. <laughs> B-O-L-D dot O-R-G. I'm an idiot. My bad, bro. It helps people with debt. And there's different scholarships, too. Like... I just read this one because it's an MMA show. Cat's one of my favorite fighters. And again, like I said, academics is very important to me. So 
That's why I could spread the awareness. And if you if you know somebody, if you listen to this show and you know somebody that meets the criteria of this, you might want to let them know. Bro, even if they try and don't get it, at least they try. Like I always say, the worst they could tell you is no. Okay, we started on a good note here. We started on a good note. Now we're going to get into something I thought I would never say. Oh, wait. No, not yet. Not yet. Okay. So two weeks ago, Kevin Holland steps in for for Darren Till. He broke his collarbone. So he was out of the fight with Marvin Vittori. So Kevin Holland steps in after losing to Brunson the two weeks before. Basically, what Marvin did was find that, look at that fight, and did exactly what Derek did, which was pressure, 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 grab Holland and take him down. Holland didn't have an answer. Marvin Vittori beat him down for four rounds, but even in that, in the fifth, Kevin catches him, and Marvin gave him the wide-eyed look that Marvin had to go back, pressure, 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 take him down to win the fight. I'm going to tell you guys this. Kevin Holland should take three to four months off minimum, hopefully more. Don't fight until 2022 if possible. Because what he should do in the interim is work on his wrestling, which he said he's going to do. He's going to work on his wrestling. Because that dude will become unstoppable. His cardio's in good. His stand-up's good. Like, it's only, like, even his ground, like, his ground game itself, he's a black belt under Travis Luter. The only thing missing is the takedown defense. Like, if you don't want to go to Florida, like, choose that you don't want to go there and have the takedown defense. That dude is going to be a monster when he comes back if he spends the time working on his wrestling D. Like, Chuck Liddell style. Chuck Liddell was a very good wrestler. We wouldn't see it very much because he would use his wrestling defensively because he wanted to keep it on the feet. So that's what he would do. I think Kevin should take that approach because that dude will be unstoppable on the feet. Like, he'll give Israel Adesanya problems on the feet. So I hope Kevin works on his wrestling. Moving on. I can't believe I'm about to say this. The result of Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. First of all, I don't care what anybody tells me. That fucking ref was bought. I'm sorry to say that ref was bought. Yes, he clipped Askren and Askren went down. But that he got right back up. He walks forward. The ref tells him, walk towards me. He walks forward. I'm pretty sure Askren could have kept going. He gets knocked down again. Okay. Stop the fight. But he got straight up. Like, not straight up. He got up rather quickly from the knockdown. Deontay Wilder was getting his ass beat, bro. Like, this was one shot that clipped Askren and he fell. But he got up rather quickly, like I just said. So to me, that ref was bought, but good on Askren. He just made half a million dollars. I hope he gets a portion of the pay-per-view buys because he should because he, he promoted the heck out of it. I don't think Askren will compete again. I honestly wouldn't ride him that hard for the loss because he got clipped. Good on Jake Paul. What's not good on Jake Paul is he keeps calling out Tyron Woodley. Listen to me when I tell you this. Even though Tyron Willie's on a skit in MMA, 
Tyron Willie will hurt Jake Paul. Huey Fury, who he's also calling out, will hurt Jake Paul. He's only 5-0, but he's the half-brother of Tyson Fury. He will hurt Jake Paul. Bro, and everybody's going to get mad at me. And I'm not going to say who I'll go for. But if they make Jake Paul versus Dylan Dennis, I'm going to go for the lesser of two evils there. That's what I'm going to leave it at. If you want to know who I'm talking about, give me a call or DM me or something. But I'm going for the lesser of two evils there. <laughs> okay, I am moving on from Paul versus Askren. I honestly never want to speak about it again. So anybody that asks me about it, I'll be like, bro, listen to my show because I'm never speaking about that fight again. Fucking dog shit ref. Sorry, I know I've been swearing, but. That was just garbage, bro. Okay, Friday. Corey Anderson beat Yakshimaradov. Nadim Nankov beat Phil Davis. So now Corey Anderson's gonna fight Ryan Bader. And Nadim Nankov fights the winner of Anthony Johnson and Yoel Romero, which is taking place in two weeks. Let me say this. Corey Anderson is going to the finals. I don't see a way that Ryan Bader beats Corey Anderson. I mean, the only way I see Bader winning is catching him with a hard shot. Because I think Corey Anderson's better than... I think Corey Anderson has better striking than Bader. Like, Leota Machida proved that he had better striking than Bader. I think his wrestling is better than Bader's. Now, I was very high on Nadim Nankov. Yes, I was. But I saw how much he struggled against Phil Davis. Like, that wasn't a... Like, yeah, he hurt him, but, like, towards the end, he was struggling. And the guy he gets next, no matter who wins that fight, Yoel or Anthony... Those guys hit hard. Especially Rumble Johnson. You don't think he clips Nadine Nemkov? So, whoever wins between Anthony Johnson and Yoel Romero could easily win the whole tournament. Because in my mind, Corey Anderson's going to the finals. I can't tell you who's going to the finals on this side. Because that... Anthony Johnson and Yoel Romero fight is such a wild card that either one of them could beat Nadim Nankov and then could knock out Corey Anderson. I mean, imagine Corey Anderson versus Yoel Romero in the final. Yoel has very good wrestling, and he has the power to knock out Corey Anderson. Uh, keep in mind, we've been seeing Yoel at middleweight all these years. He has fought at light heavyweight before in Strikeforce, and then, I believe... I don't know if he got stopped by Fajal or if he just got outperformed. I want to say he got stopped. So we'll see how it transfers to light heavyweight. But that dude be looking jacked these days, bro. I mean, have you seen that guy's neck? Go look at Yo Romero's neck. I want to know what that guy is made of. That dude is 43 years old, but he looks like he's in his early 30s at the most. 
Remember when you was gonna fight? He he told the reporter, "Go, go. You can be whatever you want." Cause he has the he has the um, choppy English, and then he would go like he was talking about Muhammad Ali. Shot a man, beat him. Like he was saying how Joe Frazier would use the dirty boxing to beat Muhammad Ali. Because going into the Israel fight, people were saying that Israel would use his range and beat him. He would go, shot a man, beat him. And like that that interview was funny because Yoel had such a serious look that it like sounds like the interviewer gets nervous and does like that hard swallow that you see in TV shows all the time, especially in cartoons. It's funny, man. So that's what's going on in Bellator. They just announced Douglas Lima's next fight. And I'm going to butcher this name, but that's okay. The guy is 25-0. and 0. His name is Yaroslav Amusov. Yaroslav Amusov. That dude is 25-0. and 0. I'm going to tell you, Douglas Lima wins. And I'm going to tell you why. I saw this guy in a three-round fight. He got tired. He has a very similar style to Khabib where there's a constant takedown, takedown, takedown. This is a five-round fight. And as far as I know, this Yamoslav guy, Yaroslav, not Yamoslav, Yaroslav, I'm a big fan. But I don't think he's fought anybody of the caliber that is Douglas Lima, bro. What the heck? I can't find it. Let's see. He's from the Ukraine too. Such a small country. He fought in August in August of 2020. Who was this one? Oh, I saw him fight Logan Stroyley. Stroyley. And he got tired in that one. And it was a split decision for him, too. I think Douglas Lima wins that and gives him his first loss. Like, currently, actively, this guy has the best record in all of MMA. Because since Khabib has retired... The dude is 25 and 0, so in all of MMA, he has the best record. Again, maybe not the most stacked names, but that honestly, if you're not looking into that stuff, people just see the number and they think that's impressive. Where you get the opposite case with someone like Nate Diaz, where he's 21 and 12, people be like, how is this guy so popular if he has such a sorry record? But you look at the names and you look into it, you're like, dang, his, his record is stacked. And at the times he fought certain people, like at the time he fought Clay Guida, nobody wanted to fight Clay Guida at the time. At the time he fought Benson Henderson, Benson Henderson was beating everybody. He beat Frankie Edgar twice when Frankie Edgar was on top. Okay, we're going to look at the middleweight and bantamweight pictures of the UFC. So last night, Robert beats Calvin. So, the only fight left for him is the rematch with Israel Adesanya. 
Don't give me he should fight Paulo because it originally was supposed to be Paulo and him. Paulo pulled out. Paulo pulled out. Kelvin said yes. Robert said yes. Robert wins. The only guy left for him to fight right now, as it stands, is Israel Adesanya. And I'm going to tell you, I like Robert's chances. If he doesn't start lunging forward, he had a lot of success in that first fight. Up until he got knocked down in that first round. A lot of people said he was winning that round. But because he gets knocked down in the first round, he loses that round, which is fair. And then he got knocked down in the second round. So, I believe Robert rematches Israel. And, uh, and then it gets crazy, right? Because you, you can easily do Marvin Vittori because he's ranked number three right now versus Paulo Costa. Or you can do Marvin Vittori versus Jared Cannonier because he's ranked number four. Or you can do Marvin Vittori versus Derek Brunson. Like, let's not think about tail right now for Marvin Vittori. I believe you either give him Costa, Cannonier, or Brunson. Me personally, since they both just won against the same guy, I would give him Brunson. And then for Costa, I would either give him Cannonier. I would give him Cannonier because... No, yeah, because Cannonier fought in October, and then Costa fought in September, so they're coming off of a similar timeline. I would give him Costa, and then for Till, if Jack Hermanson beats Edmund Shabazian, I would give him Jack Hermanson, because they were originally supposed to fight, and then Vittori stepped in, and that's when he beat Jack Hermanson. So there it is, I solved it. Marvin Vittori versus Derek Brunson. Paulo Costa versus Jared Cannonier. And then you give Jack Hermanson if he beats Edmund Shabazian. Derek Br Darren Till. I was going to say Derek Brunson. Darren Till. Okay. Let's move on to the Bantamweights. The Bantamweights. Oh. This thing is opposite. I go down thinking. Okay. So, Aljamain Sterling just had neck surgery. And it said that he's not going to be ready for action at the earliest October, if not later. So at the end of the year. There are two big fights coming up. You got Cody uh, Cody Garbrandt versus Rob Font, number three and number four. And then you got Corey Sanhagen versus the returning TJ Dillashaw. Corey Sanhagen is number two. And let's be honest, TJ would be in the rankings, but because he's been... Out for more than a year, they take them out. So he's unranked right now. If I'm Peter Yan, I'm looking at the Cody Sanhagen TJ Dillashaw fight more than the Rob Font Cody Garbrandt fight. Because what? Because if he's gonna be out at the earliest until October, I'm looking at that fight and trying to fight the winner for the interim title. Sometime in the late summer. That way, you'll be on the on a similar timetable as the champion, and you're not just sitting around. So Peter Yan should get an interim title shot, in my opinion. They should make an interim belt for Peter Yan versus the winner of Corey Sanhagen. 
and TJ Dillashaw. Because if Cody Garbrandt wins, there's also the rumor that he still might try to go and get that flyweight belt. Because Brandon Moreno and D Davison Figueiredo are scheduled to fight in June. So he's on a time, he's on like a similar trajectory as next fight type of deal there. Because if he beats Rob Font, he's got a lot of momentum. He's coming off with a win over Rafael Asuncao. And then, I know I already mentioned this, but because I got more news about it yesterday, the season of Brian Ortega versus Alexander Volkanovsky for The Ultimate Fighter begins airing June 1st, and we'll have 10 episodes. So, that's two months and two weeks, right? So, if it starts June 1st, they're going to... Do the finale like the second week of August. So I don't know if they'll do it on that Friday. And the coaches fight that same Saturday or the following week. So that fight's not going to happen until maybe mid to late August. If not sometime in the fall. Depending on how bad Alexander Volkanovsky's recovery from COVID is. In the meantime I would have Max Holloway fight. Zabi or Yair because the Korean Zombies are already going to fight Dan Ige in June. Sweet. Well, what else we got? What else we got? Middleweight picture. We got that. D-Rod. Danny Rodriguez. That dude's just bad, dude. I got so upset. Because I understand Mike Perry's the man. Like, he's a cool dude and people want to interview him because he's a fun guy. He's a crazy guy. He says things off the cuff. But I got so upset that he, it's not that he didn't get any media, but he barely had any type of media going into the fight. Like, fight week, I didn't see him get interviewed. I saw him, got in, I saw him get interviewed after the fight, but I didn't see him get interviewed Leading up to the fight, he did get some interviews, but I'm saying fight week. I didn't see him get interviewed. That upset me because D-Rod is the man. So much so that I um I DM'd him um, from my Punch in the Mouth account on Instagram. And he saw it. Like, he didn't reply or nothing, but he liked what I told him. Like, I basically told him that. Dude, it sucks that you barely got any, very little to any media leading up to this fight because you're a bad dude. Anyway, where I'm going with this is this guy deserves a top 15 opponent next. And it so happens to be at number 15 for the welterweight. Sitting there is the ruthless one, Robbie Lawler. That is a scrap. Because Bulal Muhammad, he's fighting somebody, but I already forgot who. It's not Jeff Neal. Who's this guy fighting? Bulal Muhammad's got a fight coming up. Now I want to know. But, yeah, D-Rod should fight Robbie Lawler. 
Brewery's top 15. I mean, that dude, like, he's getting better and better. Like, he had that loss at the end of last year. I didn't see that fight. But from what I heard from people that saw that fight, they're saying that D-Rod should have won, that they, they don't believe that the judges got that one right. So we'll see, man. I think D-Rod deserves a shot at top 15 because I believe his record in the UFC is, I want to say he's 6-1. and one. Like his only loss was, was that loss at the end of last year. Dude, do you guys know that him and Kevin Holland were scheduled to fight? At what point, what fireworks that would have been because Kevin Holland... Used to compete at welterweight. Who knows, bro? Maybe they get bigger and bigger and they meet down the line for the belt, you know? I'm, I'll be down for that. Okay, now let me see who Bula Muhammad's going to fight next. He's going to fight Damian Maya, okay. He's finding Damian Maia. Bula Muhammad is 13. And Damian Maia is number 8. Bro, you could give Danny Rodriguez, Robbie Lawler, Sean Brady, Liji Lang, Jeff Neal. Don't give him T-Wood. T-Wood's going to go box Jake Paul. Bro, I guarantee you Tyron Willie would, would commit first degree murder on Jake Paul. Like... It's no disrespect to Jake Paul, but that's what would happen. And Kabiana, like, this isn't popular opinion, but I even like his brother, Logan Paul. I like his podcast, Impulsive. I think it's pretty good. I laugh. I like his co-host, Mike. But yeah, D-Rod should definitely fight Robbie Lawler. They should, he should definitely be getting more media time. He definitely deserves a top 15 opponent. Okay. What's next? Oh, ooh, one thing I forgot that I didn't write down, but I just remembered. Mackenzie Dern just beat Nina Nunez, formerly known as Nina Antonov. She took Amanda Nunez's name. Okay, I guess they got married. Nina Nunez was number five leading into that fight. I believe Mackenzie Dern is now number five. No, Cynthia Calvillo is. Oh, no, I'm, I'm looking at the wrong division. Sorry. Mackenzie Dern is number five. Now, I, I didn't know this until yesterday, but I believe in the upcoming months, Jan Shinian and Carla Esparza are going to fight. Bro, how is Dominic Reyes versus Yuri Prochatska two weks away? Oh, no. Well, it's right there. Like, for their official card, they only got Dominic Reyes on the main card versus Yuri Prochatska. And then they got Ronda Marcos versus Luniana Pihirio. Loma Lugbumi versus Sam Hughes. And then Andres 
Mijalidis versus KB Bulohar. And then they got a bunch of announced bouts. Damian Jackson versus Luke Sanders. Cub Swanson versus Giga Chick Adis. And a bunch of other ones. I'm like, what's going on here? Okay. So going back to what I was originally saying. Carlos Barz is going to fight Jan Shinian sometime in May. I'm trying. I'm looking at what card it's supposed to be on. I believe it's towards the end of May. It might even be on the pay-per-view. Let's see. Charles Oliveira, Leon, Kaelin, Trukagian. Nope, it's not on this one. It might be on the Cody Garbrandt. Yes, he is. It's on the Cody Garbrandt card. So Jan Shinian is going to fight Carlos Esparza. You give Mackenzie Dern the winner of this fight. Because let's look at it. Mackenzie is number five. Ja- Jan is number three. Carla is number four. And then I I got news that Joanna Yongjingjek is going to return in September. And I honestly want to see her fight. Um... Tatiana Suarez. Tatiana's not ranked right now because she's been inactive, but if she was ranked, we all know she would be top five easy. But that's what I would want to see for Joanna to fight, and I would want Mackenzie to get the winner of Jan and, and, and Carla. Because Rose and Weili Yang are going to fight this upcoming weekend. We're going to get into that right now. Okay, we could do it. Yeah, let's do it. So, UFC 261, the return of the fans. Most important part. Jacksonville, Florida, the Star Memorial Arena. I hope I said that right. It might be Star. Wait, wait, wait. It's the, yeah, it's the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena. A stack card coming to us. In the main event, we got Kamaru, a.k.a. Marty, a.k.a. the Nigerian Nightmare, Usman. Versus Jorge, a.k.a. Gamebred, a.k.a. Street Jesus. Masvidal in the rematch of the very first main event at Fight Island back in July of last year. There was a lot of drama going into that fight. Jorge wanted money. The UFC, nah, 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 too expensive, bro. We're going with Gilbert. But in a twist of events, Gilbert gets COVID. I'm talking about Gilbert Burns here. Gets COVID. They call it Jorge. Yo, Jorge, come on. He's like, all right, give me my money. The negotiations were still being worked out. Where It got to the point where Jorge got the phone. He said, look, this was supposed to be the original fight. Just give me my money. He got his money. He has the fight. He had a great first round. I'm talking about Jorge Masvidal here. But then after that, Kamar Usman took over. It was easy. 
5-0 decision for Kamar Usman. Like, even though his first round was great, I still believe Kamar Usman won the first round. Okay. Me, mentally, I'm in a very different place with these two fighters than I was when the first fight originally took place. Because originally, I wanted Jorge Masvidal to win so bad. Because, like, he just had that cool factor going on for him. But then, like, I got sour on it because... Even after he lost, he, like, kept talking, like, with things he did in 2019. And then he kept saying, oh, if I would have had a longer training camp. But, like, Jorge, these are all things you did to yourself, bro. Like, you could have won the belt and then been, for a lack of a better term, the pain in the ass you were leaning into the first fight. Like, you could have took the first fight, won the belt, and be like, okay, I'm champion now. Now you guys are going to listen to me. But okay, I'm I'm but I'm rambling. My point here is if he would have been like, okay, I want my rematch, if not give me somebody else. But he kept talking and talking and talking and they tried to book him and Kobe. From what I heard, Kobe said yes. That they were originally supposed to be the first five round co main event, what ended up being Nate Diaz and, and Leon Edwards. They were supposed to do five rounds co-main event, Jorge Masvidal versus Kobe Covington, back as early as December of last year. That fight never came to fruition. In the meantime, Usman Fa, Gilbert Burns, who was, in my opinion, the rightful number one contender, he beats him down. He like he beat that guy down, bro. Like there's no it's way around. He beat him down, and then Usman grants Masvidal a present. He calls him out, and they set it up. Now, the only thing that makes me nervous about this is that if Masvidal loses, he's gonna make another excuse that they originally told him September, and then they moved it to April. That's the only thing worrying me about this fight. As far as my official prediction goes, I think Usman beats him, and I think he beats him down. Like, I think he's really going to try and go out there and hurt Jorge Masvidal, just for, because of all the things he's been saying. And, like, for Masvidal, that sucks, because I'm a big fan, although I don't like the fact that he's still living in 2019, and it's 2021. If he loses, he, he goes into what's known as... Purgatory, because he'll still be a top fighter, but much like Max Holloway, where he's 0-2 against Alexander Volkanovsky, his best bet is for another fighter to beat him. So if, if Masvidal loses, his best bet is for Colby Covington to get his rematch, beat Kamar Usman, and then they could set up their massive fight. So we'll see. But as far as my official prediction goes, again, I think Kamar Usman wins. Moving on to the women's strawweight title fight. Wei Li Zhang versus Rose Namajunas. Now, Rose has said some things going into this fight. Political things because Wei Li Zhang, she's from China. 
And we all know the political party that's dominant over there. She says that how do we know that Wei Li Zhang is really speaking her own mind and not being told what to say? The reason Rose feels this way is because her family comes from Lithuania. I hope it's Lithuania. There we go. And they were under the same political party that dominates China. They experienced that, and those people, they would never want to go back to that. So now Rose is saying, how do we know that Wei Li is really speaking her mind instead of being told what to say and stuff like that? And people have really turned against Rose because of her comments. I don't turn against her because originally when I read that, I'm like, well, that's not Wei Li's fault. But then she says, I have no ill will towards Wei Li. It's just her home country political party she has a problem with so she finds motivation in that for this fight I'm gonna go with Rose I think Rose is very technical I think she's gonna shock a lot of people I'm going with Thug Rose Thug Rose Thug Rose DC couldn't have said it better bro Next fight, Valentina Chepchenko versus Jessica Andrade. Jessica Andrade has a lot of power. Um, it's a five-round fight. She might have a lot of power early, but what happens when we get to the third, fourth, and fifth? I like Valentina's chances in this fight. I'm going with Valentina. Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman. I'm going to go back to Valentina Chevchenko and Jessica Andrade in a minute. But as far as Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman goes, I like Uriah Hall. He's been more active. He's had a better looking f- past few fights, better than Chris Weidman's. Anthony Smith versus Jimmy Crew. I'm going to go with Anthony. I just can't bet against the guy. Jimmy Crew is probably the favorite, but I like Anthony Smith in this fight. I believe he's hungry again. We're going to see where his head is at. I like Anthony Smith in this fight. And then I'll do one prelim. Uh, Alex Oliveira versus Randy Brown. I like Randy Brown. Randy Brown's the dude that I forgot who he was fighting, but from the bottom, he knocked him out. That was pretty dope. I like Randy Brown in this fight. But going back to Valentina versus Jessica Andrade, I think... Jessica's too short for the division. Yes, she beat Caitlyn, but she beat her with the really... Like, honestly, the only way I see Jessica winning is by catching Valentina because I think Valentina's too technical and she will win the fight. I think she's going to win by third round KO. I think Rose wins by being the technical fighter. And then then I just think Usman is the better fighter overall. And he's going to win this fight everywhere, including the striking department. He'd be looking good with the strikes. Trevor Whitman, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Kamar Usman, if he wins, bro. Like, the only other challenge I see for him at this point in his immediate future, future is Kobe Covington. So we'll see what happens, bro. We'll see what happens. So I'll go over it again. I got Usman 
Thug Rose, Shevchenko, Hall, Smith, and Brown. Five picks, bro. And then the weekend after that, we got Iri Prochatska versus Reyes. And what Prochatska is going to beat up Reyes, I have a feeling. But that's it for this week, guys. I'll see you next week. Um, follow my social media pages at Punch in the Mouth Official on Instagram and Official underscore PITM. I think that's the Twitter one. Hold on, I'll check. thing I, I wanted to tell you guys ooh, I gotta unzoom that so on Friday before the Jake Paul Ben Ashcroft fight that I will never mention again after this podcast podcast um I was on Instagram, and one of my favorite bands is this band called Whitechapel. They're a heavy metal band, and the singer did uh, Instagram Live. You know, you know how he it's like when you do your stories on Instagram, but it's live and people can comment and stuff like that. And he was adding random people. And I got I got picked to be one of them. So like I talked to him for about five minutes. And my question to him was, his name is Phil Bozeman, by the way. So Phil, you got this one right. My question to him was, who wins the Askren Jake Paul fight? He goes, I think Jake Paul's gonna win. But I want Ben Askren to win. I'm like, okay, I see that. And then he asked me, who you got? I'm like, I got Ben Askren. But if Ben Askren loses, I'm going to become the laughing stock of all my friends. And guess what, Ben? I'm glad you got $500,000, but I'm the laughing stock now, bro. Damn, I still, I like, it's hard for, whoa, what do you mean? Well, that's why. Hold on. It's hard for me because I pump Ben up so much going into the UFC and then he gets knocked out the way he gets knocked out. And then... He gets choked out by Damian Maya, and then he loses to Jake Paul. Like, <laughs> it makes me not want to pump somebody else up as much as I pump that guy up. So j- I just, the same thing doesn't happen to me, bro. Oh, fuck. Okay, last thing. So, you guys know how Connor was supposed to donate 500 
to those employees charity that's the whole reason their second fight got booked and then supposedly Connor hasn't no, not supposedly he hasn't done it and then Dustin called him out on it it led to a back and forth between the two and ultimately Connor said the fight is off so for like about a few hours we were all up in hands in the air like is the fight off like what's going on and then the following day the UFC announces that um the the fight is back on so July 10th we got Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier so my Twitter is official underscore P-I-T-M. So we got the trilogy set. We got Masvidal versus Usman coming up. We got Rose Nama Unit versus Weili Zhang. We got Jessica Andrade versus Valentina Chevchenko next weekend. And then next month, the big pay-per-view is do Bronx versus Michael Chandler, Michael Chandler, Leon Edwards versus Nathan Diaz, and Tony Ferguson versus Benil Dariush, and then in June you got, you got um, Brandon Moreno fighting Davison Figueiredo again. And then July 10th, we got Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. T-Mobile Arena sold out. So that's already three events with fans. So that, that's going to be it, guys. I'll see you next week. We'll talk about the results of next weekend's fight. We'll dive deeper into Reyes versus Prochatska. And hopefully we'll get updates on fighters we all love. I'm really looking forward to what D-Rod does next. That's a guy to look out for. If he hasn't been on your radar, please look out for that guy. He's really good. All right, deuces, guys.